0: welcome to the shakeout podcast i'm your host kate van buskirk each week canadian running staff writer maddie kelly and i bring you the news results and drama from the exciting world of running this is the rundown Happy mid-January Monday, Maddie. It's the first time anyone's ever wished me a happy mid-January Monday. I'm just, I'm just taking, I'm taking it week by week. No. Yeah. We're actually more than halfway through the month, which is kind of exciting.
1: Oh, yes, we are. It's very exciting. And, uh, and then, you know, like, I feel like I'm breaking this up, like I break up a hard workout, but you know, like after January comes February.
0: Which is short. Which is that's short. Like, that's like a short interval.
1: And then after February is March, which is when you see the sun after 6 p.m. Right. And then cannot you know, wait. Once we hit April, you know it'll snow once, but then we're kind of in the home stretch. Totally. Yeah.
0: I think I've I think I've said this before, but um, when we were allowed to meet in person, I trained with my good friend Patty Birch, who has been a guest on the show, marathon marathoner extraordinaire, Mr. Patty Birch, and Patty has uh, this incredibly almost annoyingly optimistic approach to training Mm -hmm. where, you know, we'll be in the middle of a really hard workout and let's say it's like eight by a K or 10 by a K and we'll get through like number two and he'll be like, okay, Kate, only one more. And then there's only six to go, you know, (laughs) like he's (laughs) <laughs> or like only these next six and then there's only one more to go you know I kind of feel like that's where we're at with the months right now like, oh yeah totally only this month and the next month and the next month and then it's almost spring and then it's almost spring and then spring will be
1: exciting and summer will be even more exciting and then by the time we get to the fall we're all vaccinated yay
0: it's over <laughs> perfect <Yeah. laughs> that's basically tomorrow it's yeah. fine exactly. it's, everything's fine well as always although we are in the middle of a global pandemic and although we we're in the middle of winter, there were some things that happened over the weekend in the world of running. And kind of a real mixed bag this week, eh, Maddie? We've got, like, track news, doping news, exciting news, results, it is really, being published.
1: Like, there's just so much. Really is a little bit of everything. I feel like 2020 was the year of the book. Like, every semi-famous person I follow on Instagram was like... <laughs> And this is what I think about this. And I found a publisher, and it will come out on this day. Yep. Um, and I
0: think I've listened to approximately ninety-seven percent of them as audiobooks.
1: Yeah, exactly. People were looking for content. It was a hot time to write a book. But yeah, should we get should we get started?
0: Absolutely. What so, would you like? Where do you want to go first?
1: I want to start with the armory. Let's do it. So, I really love this piece of news because what's going on in the world right now is so much bigger than track and field. And I think this is a really cool way for sort of track and field to give back. So the Armory, which is a beautiful indoor facility in New York City. It's, if you've ever been, it's like one of the most breathtaking tracks. It was the first track I ever went to when I really felt like a real track runner. Like I'd only ever competed in Canada. My first time competing in the States was in like third year university At the armory and I got there and I went, holy Toledo. No we kidding. Are not in Kansas anymore, Toto. And it was so fun. I kind of ran like crap because I just think I had my mouth open the whole time. Right. And I couldn't believe there's so many fast people. And anyway, it's a beautiful facility and it is And full an of old- history. Full of history, an old armory, and it has a tradition of being used for the good of the community. In the 1980s, it was used as a homeless shelter for a decade, offering nearly 2000 beds. For some of New York City's most vulnerable, and now it is going to be used as a COVID vaccine center. So this is historically where the Milrose Games took place, which is you know one of the biggest dates on the indoor calendar. However, those have sensibly since been canceled, mm-hmm. and you know without anything on the docket, they're gonna once again give the facility back to the community, which I really
0: love. I love that too. I think it was announced in December was it that the Milrose games were officially canceled along with like because the Armory hosts a whole roster of some of the best indoor meets in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it was announced in maybe November or December that that calendar would essentially be cleared. Again, with the cases in New York City, it was the responsible thing to do. But I remember reading a news piece at the time that kind of like hinted that it was going to be not only were the races being foregone because of like COVID safety, but also because this facility was going to be used for something community-oriented. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to hear that this is how they've decided to reallocate that resource. And, you know, it'll it'll just add to the very long history of of cool stuff that's happened at this really iconic facility. And Maddie, next year when you and I race there, which I'm sure we will indoors um it'll have that extra layer to it a really cool yeah just really cool history so i was glad to hear that as well um i also have some fond memories of the armory i've run all my best indoor races there i love i and i love new york city to begin with mm-hmm. but then the armory will, we'll put a photo in the write up to this because if you haven't been there if you haven't seen videos of races from the armory you run on this banked track and most of the spectators sit in like a gallery above you that kind of like lines the perimeter of the track so you have these spectators like almost always out of their seats, standing up kind of shouting down at you and it's just the coolest feeling
1: yeah it's also like a five-story building like just when you think it's over you keep going up and they yeah they run these incredible meets that have the best in the world and like you know sort of you know your your walk-on on on a university team all competing in the same program um so it's a really really cool melting pot And I remember my most distinct memory from there. There was a high school invitational, and one of the high school kids, I believe, broke the armory record for, like, the two-mile or something, like, kind of a strange event. But everyone was watching this race, and after he broke the record, they started playing, like, Frank Sinatra, New York, New York, and this kid was just doing a victory lap, like, beaming, And the song about New York city is playing and he's just set a record in New York city. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like this 17 year old is going to remember this forever. Like, I think I cried a little bit. Like it was just such a cool feeling.
0: Yeah. Very special place. Fond, fond place in both of our hearts. And, um, I was kind of joking earlier, but I I truly, truly hope and wish that we'll both have a chance to compete there again next year and in the future, and that that will be true for all athletes. That is one of those facilities, and one of like again, that roster of meets is one of those things that I have full um, confidence will survive COVID. Like this, this will be when track is back.
1: Mm 100%.
0: Speaking of track, Canada's very own Paralympian Liam Stanley had his 5,000-meter world record ratified over the weekend. So Liam competes in the T37 category. He trains out of Victoria, BC, one of Canada's uh, greatest track Paralympians. His category is for coordination impairments, but he has just excelled um, in his events. So he's a mid-distance athlete, Historically, he's mainly competed in the 800 and the 1500, um, including winning the silver medal at the Rio Paralympics. And uh, he has world championship medals. He has Parapan Am medals. um, Just an incredible athlete. He ran 1554.5 in a 5,000 meter race that took place in Victoria last month. Um, He beat the previous world record by over 13 seconds, which is Huge. And destroyed the Canadian record, I believe, by about a minute. So this is a standout performance. And huge kudos to Liam. He's also a world-class Paris soccer player, super talented athlete across the board, and he is one of our greatest medal hopes heading into the Tokyo Paralympics.
1: You love a good story out of COVID. So congrats, Liam. Because 100%. running your best ever under the circumstances, that's... Um, That's some serious mental fortitude.
0: Well, we should keep that theme going because we've got another record to cover. Calum Neff
1: breaks the 50K Canadian record. He did it at the Harloop Endurance 50K project in Houston on Sunday. He ran – and so Cal is – he's a Canadian based in the States. Right. He ran a 2.51.27, breaking the old record by two minutes – he has been eyeing this record for a long time, and it adds to his already impressive list that includes three stroller-pushing world records. So that is, you know, if the name, if you hear Callum Neff and you think, that sounds familiar, he's a stroller guy. Oot, yeah, that, it turns that's out, a hard thing to forget. <laughs> he's not just a stroller guy, but that might be how you know him.
0: Right. Which I think is probably a lot harder than it sounds. I know they have like all these aerodynamic, really super lightweight (laughs) strollers. Like you can get real nerdy about your athletic stroller these days. But regardless, I think that pushing a stroller would be, uh, especially if you had any significant uphill in your race, not an easy feat. Well, also, you know, depends how old and heavy your passenger is in that stroller. Right.
1: (laughs) Good point. Because like it may be easier To do the stroller because the stroller record, I believe, like you don't have to do a weigh-in of your baby beforehand. Um, Right, there is like a stipulation for how many infants you have in the stroller.
0: Well, I was gonna say, does it have to be a person? Like, could you put a watermelon in a stroller? You know what?
1: We're gonna have to check. We're gonna have to check the stroller rules and regs because I'm not exactly sure on that. But I do know that there's a distinction between like one kid, two kids, three kids strollers. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, listeners, check back in our next rundown because we'll come back to this. We're going to go away and we're going to do some research um, and we're going to come back because I I have questions and I can imagine our listeners do, too.
1: I also want to know if you have to weigh your baby before you start, like if like there's like <laughs> weight categories for how heavy your kid is.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to you with some more info about the stroller pushing or as it's known in the UK, the pram world record.
1: But the pram push sounds better the than pram the push.
0: push it does yeah. oh that's brilliant i love that it would be like oh we could call it the stroller saunter oh maddie it's almost like you're a journalist <laughs> and write catchy headlines for a living the stroller saunter and the pram push the carriage canter the buggy boogie
1: starting an <laughs> interval
0: all the time i say let's boogie that's it oh this alliteration oh is gosh. making me really happy mm-hmm. that's what i'm here for of course, the rundown would be incomplete without a piece of doping news. So this is an interesting one and kind of scandalous. Oh, American 100 meter hurdler Brianna McNeil has been served a doping ban. However, this is not her first run in with the world of anti-doping. So just a little context here. Brianna is the 2013 world champion in the 100 meter hurdles, as well as the 2016 Olympic champ. So, you know, pretty accomplished. Probably pretty savvy with the world of anti doping. She had already served a ban going back to 2017 for, again, this has been like the theme of the pandemic. Um, although this was pre pandemic, she missed three out of competition tests within a 12 month period, which we know is now called a whereabouts failure, leading to a doping ban. So normally that offense would come with a two year suspension. However, there were some extenuating circumstances. And as I read more into the story, I could understand and be a little more empathetic to this first band that she served going back a few years. Because two of the three missed tests that she served in 2016 or that she missed in 2016, one of them was because she was being honored for Brianna McNeil Day in her hometown after winning the Olympic medal. And the second, she was at the White House being honored by the president for her achievements. So she still should have known to update her whereabouts, but I can understand with all that excitement and the travel and everything that goes along with either having your city all come out to recognize you and or going to the White House, Mm -hmm. I can kind of get how that could get, you know, things could get lost in the shuffle a little bit there.
1: Those are also super, that's an alibi you can check.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Mr. Obama, did you in fact meet?
0: Right. So because of that, the two year, the normal two year suspension was downgraded to a one year, meaning that she only missed the 2017 season of competition. Fine. You know, moving on. Unfortunately, she has now been provisionally suspended again by the Athletics Integrity Unit for, quote, tampering the doping control process. Maddie, for the life of me and all my research, I couldn't find any more details as to what that could mean. But this is not a whereabouts failure, and it's not necessarily a positive test in that they proved that she had something in her system, but it, the way that it was described in all of my reading is like an intentional interference with the doping control process. Because this is her second anti-doping offense, she will automatically, if this gets um, confirmed because it's a provisional suspension right now, mm-hmm. if it turns into a real suspension, the rule with suspensions is that if it's your second time serving one, whatever the length of the first one was gets tacked on. So there, she will probably serve a four-year suspension for this, plus she'll get another year put on because of that first one, meaning that she could serve a minimum of five years and a maximum of eight, meaning essentially that her career would probably be over.
1: Yeah, the tampering section of, you know, anti-doping clauses it's pretty it's pretty broad but also like i i don't mean broad as in like anyone could tamper like i not i just mean there's a bunch of different things you can do but each each thing you could do would be pretty like egregious like you would be you know disobeying an officer or you know kind of evading
0: testers evading
1: testers you know swapping your sample or appearing to have swapped a sample, like when they walk you through giving your sample, like let's say after a race, even they walk you through every single step and they show you exactly what they're doing so that your sample cannot be tampered with. And it really is like you have to choose between two bottles to decide which you want You inspect the case to make sure that the plastic wasn't ripped even a little bit ahead of time. Like there You check all the
0: serial numbers to Mm -hmm. make sure they match. Like you are in charge of like ensuring that everything is the way it's supposed to be, in addition to having doping control officers overseeing the whole thing at the same time.
1: And to ensure that it isn't tampered with. Right. Because like, you know, sabotage is is a thing. Mm -hmm. Um but this makes it so that someone else cannot mess with you. However, they're obviously like, and I'm not, we don't know for sure yet if that's the case of Brianna McNeil, but there are people who attempt to falsify or tamper with their own samples. And that right. doesn't necessarily mean just like getting someone else's urine. It's a right. whole host of things. It could be.
0: Yeah. It's a spectrum for sure. And like you said, it'll be like, we really can't, Speculate too much until we hear more about what exactly happened. And I think, you know, whenever, if this does go from being a provisional to an actual suspension, more details will come out and there will be a full report as to exactly what happened. But I've got to go back to the really excellent point that our most recent guest, Ben Flanagan, made on the dirty stuff earlier this week about how in North America, in Canada and the US, we have every resource available to us to explain and educate and give us resources for navigating the anti-doping system. And it's just hard for me to imagine a scenario where someone couldn't be well educated and understand that process to the point where they could be seen as tampering with the, with that process. Like it just I, again, it'll be curious to see what actually comes out of this, but doesn't seem great on the face of it. In our fourth
1: piece of news, Alexi Pappas, Greek Olympian in the 10,000 meter and the 10,000 meter national record holder, released her memoir, Bravey, Chasing Dreams, Befriending Pain, and Other Big Ideas. So Alexi Pappas is a very cool Instagram follower. She is a writer. She actually also uh, co-starred in a movie with Nick Kroll called Olympic Dreams about the 2018 Pyeongchang Olympics. Big
0: names, yeah.
1: I truly. Um, she's a she, she's a director as well, isn't she? She's a director as well, and she's got a very very cool story. She's overcome a ton. I had until I'm I'm you know a few hundred pages into her book. And it's extremely good, and I don't want to give away too much, but I highly recommend it to people. It really tackles uh the mental health topic, and she's super honest about her experience. And I, it, it's obviously, you know, you don't know what's going on in someone else's life. We all know that. But then, you know, you read something like this, and I followed her on Instagram for years, and you kind of think like, oh, I have an idea of what this – you know, human beings personality is or what their life is like. And then you read the book and you realize you have no freaking clue. And she's been through a lot, but she has come out on top and I recommend it to any avid reader or runner.
0: And it has, let me tell you, it's got kind of the who's who's list of like reviewers too. So everyone from Chalene Flanagan to Mary Kane to Allison Felix to Des Linden have just M- mindy kaling have just raved about this book and like you maddie i'm um i'm only a couple of chapters in but i'm in love with it so far and everyone who's reviewed it has said you can't put it down so it is available um at booksellers across the country and around the world so probably worth worth a purchase 100 percent.
1: a new segment in the rundown we call it baby news yay it's news of runners having babies. So, Rory Linkletter and his wife, Jill, are expecting their first child. It was announced last week, and the baby is due in July. So, congratulations to our uh, Canadian, one of our Canadian road stars.
0: And also, I just got to say, I think it's pretty serendipitous that his social media handles is, uh, or his social media handle is the Papa Links. <laughs> yeah, Because <he's>... it's <laughs> pretty built in already. He's, he's prepared. But the other piece of super exciting baby news, we knew it was coming. In fact, I think she only publicly announced her pregnancy a little over a month ago. But the winner of the U.S. Marathon Olympic trials, Alfie and Tulia Muck, and her partner, Tim Gannon, have welcomed their first child last week, a baby girl named Zoe. Zoe. And another very worthwhile Instagram follow. Um, Alphine's account is just full of positivity and beauty, but it has made even more so that way with the arrival of their baby daughter. And some of my favorite photos are of mom, dad, and baby Zoe all wearing their handmade resiliency beanies knit by Alphine herself. That's pretty sweet. Very sweet. Zoe actually shares a birthday. This is kind of neat. Zoe shares a birthday with Alphine's um, coach of Northern Arizona Elite, Mr. Ben Rosario, one of the people who had a huge hand in putting on the marathon project. And, uh, you know, Alphine has said it all the way along, but she has, you know, they've, having a baby has been in their their plan for quite a while. And um, it was supposed to be after the 2020 Olympics. Well, the, the timing was right. The Games were not. However, she has uh, every intention of getting right down to recovery and then preparing for the upcoming Tokyo Games. And we wish her all the best of luck in that process.
1: Kate, kind of on that note,
0: talk to me about,
1: you know top three baby names for you
0: oh i don't know i i I like i think because my name is short and has some like good consonants in it Mm -hmm. i like that idea like Mm -hmm. i always i guess this is a little bit of a softer name but i always like the name tess cute um yeah just kind of like short and to the point yeah um just get to I, it. What's your name? Just get to it. And I, you know, and and that's kind of true for me. I'm Kate is not short for anything. It's just Kate. It's not Catherine, Kathleen, Kathy, any of that. It's, it's just Kate. So I think I kind of like that. Um, I, I don't really think too much about baby names, to be honest. I'm not certain that, you know, that's necessarily in my future. But I have a feeling that you're asking me this question because you have an idea of your top few baby names. So let's hear them. Totally.
1: I have uh, kind of felt it in my bones. From a young age, that I would hopefully be able to have children one day, but I would like one of them to be named Ruby, because I think oh I that's love that name, freaking adorable. And should I produce a boy, I think Walter, I think Walter's <laughs> okay. a really cute name, especially for a baby. I know it's baby Walter. I love old people names for yeah. young children. I also love the name Estelle. That would also oh. be on my. Um, my list, my great grandmother's name was Estelle.
0: Lovely. Um, see, I always really liked the name Eleanor.
1: Oh, beautiful and,
0: name, beautiful. Name. yeah. and and one of those very sort of old classic names i um I grew up uh, racing against um a young woman, a girl my age named Eleanor. and I always I mean, part of it, you know, you get that association with someone you like. I really liked her as a person, mm-hmm. but I always she was the only Eleanor I knew in real life who wasn't eighty. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was such such a neat name for a younger person.
1: Yeah, I don't know any young Walt, Waltz or Walters. Like, I, I know Walters,
0: and they were young once. I just didn't right. know them then. <laughs> See, I, and I'm not trying to uh, take away from from what you're saying here, but if you ask me about dog names, I have a lot more of those, because that's probably a more likely short-term scenario for me is to have a dog before a child but but what I was gonna say is I like those kinds of names for a dog because I think it's equally adorable yeah like Harold for a dog just seems that's an amazing name right love that Reginald Reginald Reggie the dog oh yeah yeah
1: I do I like short forms though but I in a way that's why I like Ruby so much because it already is like I like I like the Y or IE mm-hmm. ending, so I yeah. I well, you got game. one in your name, so that makes sense. Yes. my parents hate Maddie.
0: They really hate. They never call me Maddie. Oh, but they must have foreseen that as an eventuality.
1: Yeah, they'd be fools not to. They right. did it to themselves, but um, <laughs> yeah, they they can't. Anytime a race and answer says Maddie Kelly, my my father goes, it's not her name.
0: Well, is it because you have the E sound on your first and last name, Maddie Kelly? No, he just says
1: that's not your name. Oh, your name is not. Yeah. Ma- your name is Madeline.
0: But see, I get that because, um, again, my name is Kate, K-A-T-E, my birth (laughs) certificate, that's all, that's it. But um, uh, my aunt tells a story, and I have no recollection of this, but apparently I was like four, and she tried out the name Katie on me. No one had ever called me (laughs) Katie. And apparently I turned to her, put my little hands on my little hips and said, my name is Kate, not Katie. And she never made that mistake again. So, well, that was a huge tangent, but but it was a fun chat. (laughs) killer maddie you just had a hard workout i heard it went really well yeah it was good and what else is on tap for this week for you
1: so a little exciting personal news i am moving it's not ideal to move um during a state of emergency however in the middle of winter in the middle of winter however it is what my boyfriend and i will be doing and we have found a place we're extremely excited about. It's truly beautiful. I'm very amped to live there. So that's kind of making this whole process feel worth it. And man, I have the interior decorating bug. I have never had it before in my life. But yeah, I am going to need to watch my online shopping habit because <laughs> I rugs are expensive is what they I've are. learned. I was like, oh, we'll get a few fun little accent rugs. And then I was like, $700 later. Um, yeah. I didn't press buy cause I can't afford it, but mm-hmm. anyway, I am super excited to decorate. I'm not really excited for the moving process, but I'm very excited to decorate this new home.
0: And you have sort of like, it's, it's the place where you're spending all your time now. Like this mm-hmm. is, I think a lot of people are doing that kind of feng shuiing their interior spaces because you know, it's living quarters and office and workout space and all those things that we know. So yeah, that is a very exciting thing. I'm glad that you found a place that you're going to call home for a while. Mm-hmm. You and Mr. Jeremy Ray. Me congrats too. on that. Thank you.
1: What do you have and, coming uh,
0: up? I mean, I, I'm still steadily climbing up in altitude in my tent. <laughs> Where so. are you now? Tell us. Well, I am just under 6,000 feet of altitude. And what would be an example of a city at 6,000
1: 600, 6, feet of altitude?
0: <laughs> I am in I'm right around Boulder. There you go. That's a good reference point. I am sleeping in uh, in Boulder, Colorado these days. Like you said, vacationing without leaving my home. Lucky duck. Always wanted yeah. to go there. It's great. Yeah, that's kind of my week. But, you know, things are good. Things are good. I'm healthy. Got people I love in my life. And I get to do this with you every week and uh, communicate with our listeners via all of our social channels. So don't forget to follow us at ShakeOut Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcast platforms. And you know what? This might be a fun little thing for us to do. Let's, If you are part of our Facebook discussion group, and we'll post this as a prompt, but we would love for you to tell us what running books you've read lately or are excited to read because we've got Bravey by Alexi Pappas. Mm -hmm. So that's out there. Um, I'm listening to Meb Kofleski's book right now, 26 Marathons. It's a fun little read all about his journey through his professional career. So let us know what you're what you're reading or listening to. And in the meantime, stay safe and healthy. Happy running. For The Rundown, I'm Kate. And I'm Maddie. And we'll chat with you again soon.